you will experience something different in the atmosphere around you if you have not already done so. The question that you should ask is not what is this, but what does it mean? Well, praise the Lord, my friends. Thank you so much for joining us for Kingdom Rock Radio. Today, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Revival Fire, and this is part number six of that series. And today we spoke from the subtitle of Get Ready for the Shift. My friends, let me speak prophetically and let you know that God has great things on the horizon for us, but we must be ready for that encounter. So I can't wait for you to hear the entire message. And do me a favor, sometime this week, would you go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org? It is there that you can hit the contact button and uh, just drop us a line. Let us know maybe your first name and where you're from and give us a testimony or two about the broadcast. That would richly bless us here at Kingdom Rock. All right, without any further ado, here comes part number six of the series entitled Revival Fire, and it is subtitled Get Ready for the Shift right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, let's uh, turn our Bibles. We're going to do it this way today. Turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke, the 18th chapter, Luke 18. Uh, you may make a note of that in your uh, bulletins and um, notepads, what have you. You'll need to understand this today. Uh, so I pray that once again, that you're, that you are alert, that you are attentive, uh, that you are fully awake, ready to engage with, ready to be engaged by the Holy Spirit and receive a word from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. Uh, Luke, the 18th chapter, and uh, we're going to read 35 through uh, 43 as we continue in the series entitled uh, Revival Fire. Revival Fire. Uh, a change is coming. And you'll find out that a change is already here. And uh, today we'll be speaking from the subtitle of Get Ready for the Shift. In Jesus' mighty name. Luke 18, verse 35 through 43, reads like this. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto uh, Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. And he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for this moment, for this time that you have uh, allowed us to gather in your presence as one body, as the body of Christ in this local fellowship. We thank you for this time, and we 
We ask that you would speak to us today expressly by your spirit. Father, we admit our frailties and our weaknesses and our inability in our flesh uh, to uh, to speak to you or in our, our inability in our flesh to uh, to think of heavenly things and to get on the right track. But Lord, as we admit our frailties and our weaknesses, we also admit your uh, your strengths and our strengths in you. Lord, we declare that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, we welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit today in this place into our hearts. Holy Spirit, we declare that you are the teacher. Lead us into uh, the revelation and understanding. Lead us into higher dimensions, into, uh, lead us into deeper depths into you. Lord, we just expect to hear word from you, and we expect a divine encounter. And Lord, we say today humbly, have your way in us. Lay the ground, may the ground in our heart be fully prepared and, and cultivated ready to receive what you are about to say. Lord, we bless you this morning, and we ask that you would have your total and complete way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, we see here again in uh, Luke, the 18th chapter, verse 34, rather 35 through 43, uh, very familiar text of Scripture, and I pray that your ears will be open again and ready to receive. So we see here that it's uh, in verse number 35 that Jesus, and obviously we know from the account here that there are a lot of people following Jesus, and they're going into Jericho. And there is a man uh, sitting on the side of the road. Uh, the Bible says that he is there begging. He's begging on the side of the, of the road. And we know also that this man is blind. He has no vision has no vision, and to make a living, he is forced to beg. Now understand something, he is asking the people, historically, once someone is begging, when someone is begging in scripture, they're begging for money, asking for money, right? So he's probably saying, alms, alms for the blind, alms, alms for the blind. He's asking for money, asking for money. Now, money we know is not the answer. It is not the answer to his situation. Money will simply make him feel more comfortable in the situation, Amen. make him feel more respected, but it does not solve the problem. Amen. It makes him able to eat every day, but it does not solve the problem. It makes him more comfortable, but it doesn't solve the problem. It pours, we can say if it's like liquid, it pours into a, uh, into a hole, but it will never satisfy or fill it up. So this man is asking for something, alms, alms, asking this from those that are walking by, asking for something that will never satisfy and that will never fill. And hear the word of the Lord, because there is a shift happening, and I want you really to see this. This is the same thing that we do. We ask for things that don't satisfy. Asking for money, and money doesn't satisfy, won't really solve the issue. 
And uh, in this case, he's using money, asking for money to deal with his issue here. And many people, instead of asking for money or going toward money to solve the issue, they go toward food to solve the issue. No matter how much money he got, the problem would still be there. Somebody could have given him a billion dollars, problem would still be there. Now, how much, no matter how much food we can eat, the problem would still be there. No matter how we try to cover it, it's still there. Whether it's money, whether it's food, whether it's a, living a promiscuous lifestyle, trying to ask for something, in many cases, some beg for something that will not solve the problem. It only makes them more comfortable where they are. And so here he is sitting on the side of the road and he is begging for alms, trying to get, because that's the best thing he can do, getting it from flesh that is walking by day in and day out. Now there is an invisible person or persons here that is not mentioned here, but we, we can allude that they are here. This man has to have somebody helping him. Somebody has to go and probably grab him by the arm, take him from wherever he sleeps every night and take him to this uh, side of the road here at Jericho and calls him to sit down. And somebody's saying, you sit here, I'll go away and I'll come back and get you possibly at the end of the day or a few hours later. He is depending on somebody to get him there and to get him back. Because even though he got some alms or some money, somebody's got to help him get to the grocery store. Yeah. Somebody's got to do a lot of things for him. So he's living a dependent lifestyle. He's living a lifestyle. He's been reduced to that of a beggar, but at least he's doing something. There are many people that live off of the labors of others that don't do anything. This man is doing what he can with what he has. And whoever is helping him, at least he's able to pay some of his way. Does that make sense? I want you to see this, but when you begin to depend on somebody day in and day out, day in and day out, it can get a little tiresome for you and maybe even for them. We all long for some type of independence. We want to be able to take care of ourselves. Are you hearing me? So here this man is. I want you to see him. He's sitting there by the side of the road, by the wayside, and he is begging. Day in, after day out. Same place, possibly, doing the same things, and possibly, possibly seeing the same people, or the same people are walking by him on this road to Jericho. Are you seeing that? Let's go on a little further. Verse 36 is extremely powerful. He says, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. Now, this is extremely important here because he detected something unusual. As he was sitting there, obviously his eyes are not working. He did not have his sight, but his hearing was working quite well. And as he's sitting here, he noticed an unusual sound. Something had just shifted in his environment. Now, in order for you to notice a shifting in your environment, because I'm telling you now, 
the Holy Spirit says, get ready for a shift. Let those that have an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. This man was familiar with his environment. Day in after day out, he knew the sounds. He knew how things felt. And because he knew his environment, he knew also when something changed. You and your environment, you know how your house feels and you know the temperament of those that are around you. You know the general feel of things. You know generally how people are around you. When you get back home, you know generally how the atmosphere is and, and how it's going to be. You are aware of your surroundings and you must become so aware of them that you know when something changes, something shifts. This man here, as he's sitting there by the side of the road, says something here. He notices that something had changed. And he, but he did not ask in this verse, he did not ask, what is that sound? What is that noise? He doesn't ask that. He asks, what does it mean? He knows what the sound is. He just does not know what it means. Uh, it's, uh, to be more specific, he asks the question, the Bible says here in verse 36, and answering the multitude, uh, rather, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. The word meant means uh, to be, it means to exist, it means to happen, it means to be present. So what he's saying is, what is present now that was not present a moment ago? What is happening now that was not happening a moment ago. Something is shifting. Something is very unusual in my surroundings. I want you to understand that. Something is very unusual in my surroundings. I'm hearing a different sound. I'm feeling something different now. Something has changed. Again, he did not ask, what is that sound? He asked, what does it mean? What does it mean? That's an important question. What does it mean? What is present now that was not present before? Now understand something. Sound has a very spiritual nature. Sound. Very spiritual nature. Because you cannot taste sound. You cannot touch sound. You cannot see sound. But you can feel sound. You can feel the sound. You can feel it to the very core of your being. You can feel the sound. And so as he's, as he's there on the side of the road, as he's there begging, he hears a sound. He feels a sound. Something has changed in the atmosphere around him. He does not know what it is. Or rather, he may know that it's people going by, but he does not know what it means. Why has this happened? What is present now that was not present before? Point number two, if I can make points. You will experience, those of you that have an ear to hear, you will experience something different in the atmosphere around you if you have not already done so. 
The question that you should ask is not what is this, but what does it mean? Because unless you determine what it means, you won't know how to react to it. This man is blind on the side of the road. He's asked the question, what, it, what does it mean? Because until he knows what it means, he does not know how to react. Yes, yes. What does this mean? Do I need to run? Uh, am I in danger? Do I just need to sit still and be very quiet until this thing passes? Uh, again, is this something dangerous or is this opportunity for me? I don't know now how to react to this sound, to what I am feeling. So he asked somebody that question, what does this mean? And the answer comes back, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now, this man immediately begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, that tells us that this man was prepared for this encounter. Many others saw Jesus as well, but they did not recognize him as being the son of David. The word son of David simply testified that I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you are the one that Isaiah prophesied about. Even over there in Luke, the fourth chapter, how the Messiah would come and how he would open up the blinded eyes, how he would uh, uh, preach the gospel to the poor. He would uh, raise the dead. He recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, the savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, when he can confess, Jesus, thou son of David, he began to make a withdrawal from the very presence of God, because knowing that Jesus was the son of God, knowing that Jesus was God in the flesh, he knew that Jesus had his answer. And so he began to call out, Jesus, thou son of David. In other words, Jesus, I recognize who you are. Jesus, I recognize who you are. You are my son. Savior, you are my Redeemer, you are my King, you are my Healer. Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. So what this means is that prior to this moment, some way, somehow, he had heard about Jesus. Some way, somehow, he had learned the scriptures or had sought the scriptures and possibly that God had revealed to him who Jesus was prior to this encounter. He was ready for this encounter. He was ready for this shift. Prior to this moment, he knew him. Prior to this moment, he knew of him. So when Jesus was passing by, he knew that this was my moment. This was my moment. He's passing by me. Now understand something. This is very critical. Understand how the Bible says that Jesus was passing by, which means that he was in motion. In just a few, you only have a few moments to capture the anointing, to capture the presence of God that is flowing by you. That does not mean that there will never be another opportunity for you. 
But that does mean that the bus is pulling up now. The train is pulling in now. The plane is getting ready to take off now. That doesn't mean that another plane, bus, or train won't come by. That just means that you're going to have to wait a while. You're going to have to wait a while and continue to stay in your blindness. Continue to stay in your condition. Continue to stay in your frustration. Continue to stay in your dependency upon others unless you get this right here and right now and unless you're ready for that shift you're going to have to stay right where you are this man was ready for this shift because somehow some way he had given himself to know who Jesus was and he was ready for this encounter he didn't ask what that sound was but he asked what does that mean What is present now that was not present before? What has changed in my environment? There is a shifting. And so he asked, what's happening? Jesus is passing by. You only have a moment. And so he cries out, Jesus, Thou son of David, Jesus, I have identified you. I know who you are. I know who you are. You have my answer. Remember when Jesus was, uh, when the Phoenician woman came to Jesus and and she asked for healing for her daughter that was uh, demonically possessed. And Jesus told her, woman, uh, you know, I'm not going to, it's not time for me to deal with you at this time. You know, the children's bread, uh, the bread is reserved for the children. It's reserved for the children first. Let the children eat first, and then you'll be able to get some. Uh, you know, he said, he said that it was not time. The children's bread, the bread of healing, the bread of deliverance is reserved for those that are in covenant with God first. This man was in covenant with God. He was an Israelite. He was a son of Abraham, a child of Abraham, and he was deserving and qualified to receive the healing that the Messiah would bring into the earth. And so he said, Jesus, I know you have what belongs to me. I know you have the bread that that is owed to me, and I'm making a demand and a withdrawal on the anointing. I'm demanding this. I'm calling for this, Jesus. And so someone that was following Jesus, uh, you know, as as Jesus was passing by, he asked him what this meant. And the answer came back. Well, it's Jesus of Nazareth. He is passing by. He says, all right, I know who this is. Jesus is the son of David. And he begins to open his mouth and proclaim it openly. Now he does this so much as Jesus is going by, that someone also that was following Jesus, one of Jesus's followers, if you will, says to him, be quiet. They began to rebuke him and told him, hold your peace. Now, why is this symbolic? Because understand that some of those that were passing by, some of those that told him, hold your peace, may have been some of the ones that put money in his cup. If you don't be quiet, we're not going to supply those little alms you've been asking for. They may have thought that they had the, the rule over him. 
They told him, be quiet. Your praise is too loud. Be quiet. Your confession is too loud. Be quiet. Your worship is too wrong. There's something wrong with it. Be quiet. But listen, he wasn't talking to them. He was talking to him. I'm trying to get Jesus' attention, not yours. Be quiet. Be quiet. You're not preaching the right message. Be quiet. Be quiet. Stop your artwork. Stop your singing. Be quiet. Nobody wants to hear that. They rebuked him. In other words, they sharply chided him. They criticized him. They mocked him. But the Bible says instead of getting quiet, he got louder. He got louder. He got louder. Don't allow your critics to intimidate you. Sing it louder. Preach it louder. If nobody shows up, do it anyway to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Because it's not to them, it's to him. Hallelujah. You do it. You do it. And so instead of getting quieter, he gets louder. He proclaims it louder. Jesus, thou son of David, I recognize who you are. I know you have my answer. Jesus, thou son of David. He proclaims Jesus in the midst of the people. He pours out his praise. He pours out his worship. He pours it out so that everybody will hear it. And they told him, be quiet, just like they did to the woman with the alabaster box. Why are you pouring this ointment on Jesus? We could have sold this and given this to someone else. Your worship is too extravagant. Just like they said the same thing to David. David, you're worshiping in the city, dancing all out of your clothes. This is too much. This is too much. But this is what the Lord responds to. He responds to this type of praise. He responds to this type of worship. He responds to this type of faith. How do we know that because the Bible says that Jesus stood still. He stopped. No matter where he was going, no matter who is going to see, this man's faith stopped the Lord right in his tracks. The faith of this man calling out to the deep, calling out to the deep, calling out to the deep. And if you'll understand this as well, this is the same principle that the Lord Jesus was teaching about here in um, this same chapter, Luke 18, verses 1 and 2. He said that he taught them a parable uh, by saying this, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And here's this man acting this parable out right in front of their eyes. He is beginning to pray and not faint. He wouldn't be quiet for anybody or anything because understand something, he was talking to Jesus and not to the people and he would not allow this opportunity to pass him by. Just like, uh, just like, um, Uh, the man in the Old Testament that would not allow the angel to go. Somebody knows what this man's name is. You would, he would not allow the angel to go. He held on to him for dear life. I cannot let you go until you bless me. 
This is your opportunity. Now listen, an opportunity is gonna come upon some of you very suddenly, just like this man here. And you must be prepared for this opportunity. You must be prepared for this opportunity. You must be prepared for this opportunity. I'm not telling you that it won't happen again, but I am telling you that if you miss it, you'll have to stay where you are until the next one comes by. You'll have to be spiritually attuned to hear the voice of God. Not asking what it is, but what does it mean? What's happening now that has not occurred before? There were other people that were begging on that side of the road too, I'm sure. But this one knew who Jesus was. Are you understanding? So the Bible says that Jesus stood still. Now I want you to grab a hold of this, this very plainly too. As a matter of fact, let's look at that verse of scripture. The Bible says that, yeah, let's go back uh, to verse number 39. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. And he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. This is my time. Say with me, this is my time. This is my moment. What I'm telling you now, for them that have an ear to hear, understand something that your time and that your moment is approaching quickly. And so he said here, as he did that, you know, people rebuked him and he held his place and he continued to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And verse number 40, and Jesus stood and looked and commanded him to be brought unto him. Now, got to see this one too. He commanded the blind man to come to him. He did not say, Jesus did not say, man, come to me. No, he commanded somebody from the crowd, possibly the ones that rebuked the man, you go get him and bring him to me. Saying this also, he recognized the man's weakness. He knew the man couldn't see. And he knew there was, there was a crowd of people all around him. A multitude of people followed him. How could this even someone with sight go through a crowd to find one man? I'm not sure if you've ever been in a parade or, or been on a, uh, a very uh, crowded subway and people are everywhere, crowded south, south, uh, sidewalk and people are everywhere. It you would have a difficult, you'd be difficult for you even having sight, but this man sitting on the road, Jesus understands his weakness and commands somebody, bring him to me. In other words, he commands somebody to help him. He commands, he commands, or the word command is also to order. He orders somebody, private, get, get him, bring him to me. He commands help. The presence of God sends someone out from his presence to go get someone that is outside of his presence and bring him in. Once he gets there, Jesus asks him, what do you want? This man does not seem to stutter. He does not seem to stammer. This man does not seem to be one who cannot make a decision. He knows exactly what he wants, exactly what he's believing God for. 
Jesus does not have to ask him twice. He says, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus says simply, receive your sight. And the Bible says, immediately this man received his sight and gave glory to God. He says, uh, thy faith hath saved thee. Now understand something. This is our last thing I want you to see today. He said, your faith has saved you. Not because the man had faith in faith. Not because he had faith. Faith is always tied to a person. Even if he said, Lord, I, I've heard your word. I, I have faith in your word. Well, the word is always, the word or the promise is always tied to the one that said it. So when he said, when Jesus said, your faith has saved thee, he's saying, your faith in me yes. has saved you. You knew that I had the power and the ability to save you and to deliver you. And for you, I had the power for you uh, to uh, recover your sight. You knew I had the ability to do this for you and you would not let me go. Your faith in me has saved you, has delivered you, has called you to see again. How much faith do you have in God? You say, I believe in the word. That's wonderful but the word should lead you to the person that spoke it. Yes. If the word does not lead you to the person that spoke it, if the promise does not lead you to the promiser, then your quote unquote faith won't stand. Even the devil knows the word, yes. but the word must lead you to the one who spoke it. The word in itself, the words of the ink in the ink in your Bible is not the end. The ink in your Bible, your Bible leads you to the one that said it. Yes. Wouldn't it be a horrible thing? Wouldn't it be a horrible thing for a man to to write love letters to a woman? And he's been writing these love letters for weeks. And then the man finally shows up on the doorstep and says, hello, it's me. And she pushes him aside and says, I got to get back to the letter. You don't understand. These are some pretty letters. Oh, these are some pretty letters. These are some pretty letters. Oh, boy, these letters. I love the way you, you see these sentence structures and your verbs. Oh, your verbs just turn me on. Oh, your verbs, your verbs. They just really make me boil, boy. Woo! But that's exactly what happened with Christ. As the one who spoke the word came to his people and they rejected him while trying to hold to his word. Yes. Jesus said, you don't know me. You don't know my father either. You hide behind all these traditions and all this religious stuff. But if you had wanted to know me, if you had known me, you would have known my father. If you knew my father, you would know me, know and recognize me. So I say to you today, again, get ready for the shift. I'll say to you prophetically, get ready for the shift. Ask the Holy Spirit to get you in position that you may be wide awake and attuned to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So at that moment, you will ask not what is happening, but what does it mean? So that you will know how to react. So that you won't be fearful of this new opportunity but you will embrace it and you receive what God has for you. 
Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I pray today that your people... We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.